We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, everybody. What's up? It's me, Joe Pizzapia. And this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host. What a wacky week it was, and we are here to recap it. And week nine is in the books, uh, what I call blowout Sunday, because there were some weird, almost college football-looking scores on the board this week. And we're going to look ahead not only to Monday, Thursday, but week 10 as well. And there's nobody I'd rather do it with than Joe Bartle. Joe, how's it going, my man? You got your Packer game tonight. You stoked? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm sitting here with my uh, Clay Matthews Pro Bowl jersey on because I'm trying to reminisce about the last time that he was a stud player. Um, and yeah, it's 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 great. You know, I'm happy I wasn't suspended uh, with all the NFL players that were uh, getting tossed out and injected in games. I was very worried that I was next in line, but I, I made it through Sunday without getting ejected from a game. So that's always positive. Well, I'm proud of you because I know you're a bit of a hothead and I know sometimes you just go <laughs> off and, you know, I know that one time you went and you tried to choke out Jeff Erickson. I saw that at the office one day. You don't want to do that because, you know, that guy's been all kinds of, you know, he's had a lot of martial arts training. It's not a good idea. You don't want to go after him. Well, it's true. And I was, you know, late, uh, late night partying with Johnny McKechnie and uh, also <laughs> Leonard Fournette. So I was somehow <laughs> managed to avoid that suspension too. Uh, I'm glad Tom Coughlin wasn't there watching me, but uh, I'm, I'm very thankful about that. So, yeah, I made it through Sundays unscathed. And who wants to miss picture day? I mean, I don't know if anyone's <laughs> done it yet, but I'm, I'm dying to see the first person on Twitter who sends me a picture of Leonard Fournette with the lasers behind him like he's in a <laughs> fourth-grade picture. That would be the most amazing thing. And I'm sure it's very easy to do. I'm sure it's not a hard Photoshop, but that's one that I really want to see. So, yeah, it was a, it's a strange week of fights and people getting chippy and awful quarterback play and blowouts and – Certainly a lot to get to. Before we do, let's talk about the fight real fast with A.J. Green. Uh, you know, I know these guys in the heat of the moment, they forget they're wearing helmets. But after that first punch you throw, don't, doesn't, isn't it a clear reminder, oh, wait, I, he's wearing a helmet and my, my hand is not made of, uh, 
<laughs> is some right. sort of metal. Right. I mean, that's that's the initial thought process is why is this guy who I think a lot of people think is pretty intelligent, clearly one of the best receivers in the NFL, why is he stupid enough to be punching somebody's helmet? I think it was the adrenaline that you he probably didn't even feel until after the fact, after he's sitting there like, oh, crap, I'm going to be suspended for another game uh, next week because I just punched somebody in the helmet that then he feels it in the wrist. To me, it was – it was just a it was a weird play altogether. The the startling part was when he he kind of like what got him from behind and aggressively threw him to the ground more so than the the active punching itself. That was the part where I'm like, ooh, that does not look good. No, not at all. All right, let's get to the week that was, and let's start with the quarterbacks and recap. Then uh, clearly, the quarterback of the week uh, we mentioned him on the pod too on Friday is Jared Goff, 311 yards, four touchdowns against that giant offense. Uh, he just lit them up. That Giants team, I think, is just absolutely folded up the tents and quit. Uh, he threw for over 300, a few other ones as well. You had Matt Ryan over 300, which was good to see for a change with two touchdowns. And then there's Jay Cutler, who went 311 in the night game. My goodness, three touchdowns. That's the shocker for me. I mean, I, I know, you know, we've been making fun of Cutler, and rightfully so, but I think this is a bigger indictment on Oakland and just where they're at defensively. Absolutely. I think of the quarterbacks that did really well on Sunday, that was probably the biggest shock to me. I tossing Carson Wentz in there too. The four touchdowns is a pretty big deal. And really he could have done more if that game was closer, but that was, that was done by the end of the first half. So I, it was definitely Carson Wentz and Jay Cutler with Jay Cutler being a, a very obvious first place finish in me. I, I didn't think that the, the Dolphins were that good offensively. We know they have receiver talent. That's, that's clearly there. I didn't know that the Raiders defense was as bad as it was. Um, but hey, you know, a lot of that came a little bit in the junk time too. I bet she scored or he got at least 75 to hundred passing yards in that final four and a half minutes in the fourth quarter, but, uh, points are points regardless. He brought that up in the past. And I think that's, that's a big deal when we look at the receiving weapons that they have on the Dolphins. Uh, some of the guys that we were on last week for cash games, they were all okay. Uh, Drew Brees was okay. Uh, it was a nice rally in the second half for him after the first half it was uh, definitely a panic mode. But he did kind of pull it out with 263 and two touchdowns. You got Russell Wilson, who almost broke 300 yards again. Problem is the two picks, so that kind of hurt his day a little bit there. So you don't love that. Uh, and Dak was a little, uh, I would say, yeah, slightly disappointing. I thought there was upside for more. But still, I'm not going to be disappointed by 250 and two touchdowns. That's certainly good enough. As far as the, uh, the folks that we thought were going to suck, well, Tom Savage was 19 for 44. <laughs> that was not good. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, before I, I start pounding Brock Oswell and all these other guys that everybody knows that everyone sucks already, Marcus Mariota was one of the quarterbacks this year that I was hoping to take a nice step forward, and he really hasn't. Corey Davis back on the field, I think, really opens things up, and it's going to make a big difference. We saw Rashard Matthews be the early beneficiary of that. I think going forward, even as soon as next week, that Mariota should start being on people's radars. What do you think about that, Joe? Yeah, that's not a bad call. I, I also – thought he was going to be one of those quarterbacks that improves as the season progresses, or at least was going to be a top 10 caliber guy. And he probably will be by default because we've lost, you know, 36 starting quarterbacks throughout the season. At the same time, he really has been a bit of a disappointment. I think kind of like Cam Newton where it's like, well, what are we going to get from him? What are we not going to get from him? I don't, I don't, I don't quite know. You look at that schedule, that Bengals team next week, I'm not touching that at all. I think that secondary is much improved. Uh, and really not discuss as much as it should be alongside some of those other t- competitions. So I'm not going there necessarily uh, DFS-wise. But then the Steelers after that, I think it's the divisional matchups against the Colts and the Texans when we're getting around, uh, you know, season-long playoff time um, where you could find Mariota to be valuable. And I think actually two weeks against the Bengals and Steelers where he's going to have a bit of depreciated price, then you'll be able to utilize him. But I'm not touching him against the Bengals or Steelers in the next two weeks. 
All right, on the rushing side, the rushing leader of the week was Adrian Peterson, which is no surprise. We talked about him on Friday as well, that there was going to be 20-plus touches for him. Now, I didn't think 37 carries were coming. That's a, that's a large total for an old man. I mean, that's, uh, that's – He only can't a, do that for the rest of the season, right? Uh, no, I think this is a little bit more based upon that it was the 49ers. But, my God, I mean, you know, he, he's a physical specimen and a freak of an athlete. He always has been, but – that's a lot, and you know I don't know how that's going to take its toll next week. Uh, we'll see, and and you know it's it's a short week coming up, right? Because they're the Thursday night game, if memory serves. So that's that's my bigger concern is that you you drove them into the ground, and now you got a game in a couple of days. So I'd be terrified of of going near Peterson next week. The problem is next week there aren't a lot in the Monday Thursday slate, at least a whole lot of running backs that you want to go for. So we'll get to that in a bit. Ezekiel Elliott played. Again, <laughs> 27 <laughs> for 93 and a touchdown. But I think the the surprise here we got to talk about was Cam Newton with the 86 yards rushing there. That was a huge output for him and the rushing touchdown. So if Cam Newton's going to start running around again, which I kept saying all season in the offseason, he's going to get back to that. And people said, no, no, no. And I said, yes, 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 because he's a giant egomaniac. And turns out I was right. The egomaniac is there and he's starting to run around a bit more. Can he save his value going forward, Joe, if the trend of him getting around 50 rushing yards a game or somewhere in that neighborhood progresses? I see. I was one of those people that was the no, no, no. And I, I thought, yeah, sure, he definitely is an egomaniac. That's, that's definitely not uh, irrefutable. That's, that's irrefutable, I should say. <laughs> it is. But, but, at this stage, I think we can all get on board. We, can, we might not agree on all things, but we can all get on board there. You know? Exactly. But Bring America together on the fact that Cam Newton's an egomaniac. <laughs> Finally, we can all be on board with something. But I thought that the Panthers would, as a whole, just try to dial that back. And we saw that for most of the season. I think now it says the, the Panthers, if they are to win, it's because they need Cam Newton's legs because he is not a, a quarterback that's capable of throwing you to victory at least in my estimation, he has to be using his legs. He's so big and he's so strong and he's so fast that, you know, he's blessed with those abilities that he should be able to take advantage of them. And I get that, but for a longevity of a quarterback, I'm surprised they're utilizing him as they are. And maybe they're not trying to, and it's just cam, you know, going rogue and, and running around doing his Superman dive over 14 people in the end zone. Fine. All right. You know, that's, that's going to be to answer your initial question. Yeah. I think that so long as he continues to run, there's some viability and there's certainly some usage in DFS purposes because it gives you a solid floor, right? I mean, that's what we're looking for, especially in this volatile quarterback situation, a guy that's going to get you at least five to 10 points every game because of his rushing uh, on top of what he can do throwing. That's, that's a pretty valuable asset. I'm just not willing to, to bet on that most weeks. Yeah, I think it's going to be matchup dependent for sure. And, you know, sticking with Carolina too, Christian McCaffrey getting involved heavily in that offense too with Benjamin out, which is good. Well, Benjamin on another team, I shouldn't say out. He's out of the clubhouse. He's into another place. Uh, but McCaffrey on the ground, 15 for 66 with a touchdown. Alvin Kamara was the running back of the day, though. Uh, he was doing it on the ground, 10 for 68 with a score. Plus, he added another touchdown on the receiving end. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, to look, though, Mark Ingram, 16 for 77, exactly where you want to be, just no touchdowns. That's where it kind of hurt him. Uh, you know, you had the Jay Ajayi day. You had Corey Clement come out of nowhere, which had to just be infuriating to season-long owners of Jay Ajayi. I mean, I can't imagine a more frustrating scenario. And, and then there's Todd Gurley, who is just continues to be that rock of Gibraltar guy that every week he's going to give you fantasy points. A lot of weeks he's had the 100 yards. He's had the touchdowns. It seems like no matter what, you're coming out with a good week from Todd Gurley. 
Yeah, Todd Gurley is who we thought he was at this point. I mean, this yep. is a guy that, along with Le'Veon Bell that I think you can feel, and Zeke, so long as he actually plays, that you can put in week in, week out, and feel confident you're going to get two times the return value, or at least close to it, despite their high price tags. Um, I, but you guys were on him on Friday, and I thought Kamara, or, you know, wait, you guys are both talking about how to say his last name. Is it Kamara or Kamara? I don't know. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> All right. Well, I just way, learned that you were Joe Bartle about 10 minutes ago. So what the <laughs> hell do I know? You're asking the wrong guy, Joe. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, I thought I'm going to go with Kamara because that's, that's the only way I've learned it. But Hey, uh, he was by far the best DFS value for me. And I do think that if he continues to be around this price tag, which he should be for the most part, because Ingram's around, that's a guy that you can use week in and week out. In my opinion, I mean, the way he's getting used in the passing game as well as the running game. He's also getting some goal line touches. He's an explosive player on a, an offense that really is actually kind of sneakily lacking some explosiveness besides the two running backs. I like him quite a bit, especially the 66 on a price tag. That's a guy I know he's not going to get 28 points most weeks, but I feel really good about using him in most cases when I'm trying to pay down at the running back spot. All right. On Friday, we also, Johnny McKechnie and I talked about uh, every week there's somebody chirping or somebody that's been told you're going to get the ball more. And uh, this week it was T.Y. Hilton, and we all said he's going to get the ball more. And, well, he got the ball enough. He only needed five yes. catches to get 175 and two touchdowns, which is, you know, I was hoping for a two-times value. I never saw what happened coming, <laughs> but it certainly did. Uh, absolutely nobody had Terrence Williams, and nobody should. So his nine <laughs> catches for 141 really go, unfortunately. And it's, and it's a shame because there were a lot of Des Bryant lovers this week. He was one of those guys where it was like, all right, he's okay, but – I just whenever Ezekiel Elliott's around, I just have a hard time buying into Bryant. And I think he, when you're looking at the numbers so far in Bryant, I think you can already say it's a disappointing year for him and maybe trending in the wrong direction overall. Uh, Jared Cook, another big performance. All right, now I'm the guy who always makes fun of Jared Cook every year, so I'll, I'll put my hand up right there. I always say he has that one good game every year and then everyone tries to chase it. All right, he's had a couple now. So should we be paying attention to this, Joe? Yeah, so I'm going to also put my hand up there and admit that I make fun of Jared Cook, too. And I think that's <laughs> in, part because, in part because as a Packers fan, I feel like for most of the season, he abandoned us when we really needed him. So I, I think there's some a little bit of animosity attached to that as well. I, I've been using him in season-long leagues kind of begrudgingly, and he's been able to, to replicate the numbers that we were hoping to see from him after he moved over to the Raiders there. I think that he's a guy that might be getting to that Evan Ingram ter- territory where if you don't want to pay it for Gronk, if you don't want to pay it for Kelsey – uh, or even a guy like Cameron Braid, who I know you love week in and week out, that's right around that range where you're looking at, okay, I think that I know I'm going to get you know 10 to 12 points from him, and that's all I want from that spot. So he's getting to that territory, and I think that's you know kudos to him for that because I don't think a lot of people are on that. I think a lot of people were like you and I were like, oh, yeah, okay, Jared Cook, you know that two games a season where he explodes, great. Good luck picking it out each week, but yeah, that's, that's well, that's the kind of one that infuriates people who play DFS, right? Because the 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 beginner people who go, oh well, Jared Cook, he did this the last week, so I'm just going to play him because he's you know four thousand dollars, and everyone rolls their eyes, right? Right. <laughs> you know, all of us in the know, and then Jared Cook goes off for eight for one twenty six. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, it's just uh, Julio Jones uh, had six for one eighteen and should have had more. He had a yes. touchdown in his hands. He dropped it on the way in. And it was just – and I know he was struggling there with the leg injuries again. No surprise there. So I, I know he's not 100%, but my goodness. I mean, that was a perfect ball. And, you know, it really cost them the game as well. So, I mean, it's just it's a bummer 
for the for fantasy owners of Julio Jones and also a bummer, obviously, as well for Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. Doug Baldwin continues to show why he's the best second-half football player in the world. <laughs> Seven for 108 and a touchdown. you got to love that. Uh, I'll tell you what, Alex Collins was my biggest disappointment in terms of running backs this week. Who was your biggest disappointment wide receiver? Who were you on that you thought, this guy's got a great situation but really it just didn't come to fruition. I'm curious, was there a guy for you this week that really kind of let you down? Uh, you know, there wasn't there wasn't as many people as there normally is for me. Uh, so you, could tell, you could tell it was a well, good week for me, DFS. Yeah, the Packers were off, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If I had to pick one name, I think it would be Michael Thomas. I'm just looking at our RotoWare competition that we do each week on FanDuel, and there's a 50% ownership rate on Michael Thomas. And I think yeah. obviously it's because the Buccaneers' off, uh, defense is so bad. Um, I had all three. I had Kamara, I had Breeze, and I had Thomas thinking I'm going to get at least one of those guys going off. I got two. I, I consider Breeze to be in that category. Thomas is one of those people that I wasn't high on earlier in the season, you know, just in season long leagues. I, I didn't think he was going to be able to replicate what he did last season, especially with Cooks gone. And we're kind of seeing that now, but he's still one of those upper echelon receivers. I mean, he was only $300 less than Julio Jones. And I suspect that'll probably remain the same most weeks. I don't feel great about using him unless he's got a great matchup. And even when he did, like he did this week, he wasn't able to get that two times the value we're looking for. So I think he'd be probably one of my bigger disappointments. Yeah, you know, I agree. This was the first week I bought in on Michael Thomas, and I was not happy. I was not a happy Michael Thomas owner, I can tell you that. And I almost had Ted Ginn. In fact, I had changed a lot of things around where I had Ted Ginn and some, and then took him out and then switched around. You know, as a last-minute tinkering always gets you in trouble. What happened was that Fournette injury made me re, you know, redo a lot of stuff. You know, that's unfortunately what happened. I kind of went on tilt there when that news came out late. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to figure this out. But Ted Ginn continues to be the guy who's cheaper and keeps getting the touchdown. So at this point, I mean, who knows? Uh, also, if you had any shares of that Rams attack, too. And the one guy we talked about, and I, and I talked, and John thought I was absolutely nuts, but I, I backed it up because of the Jenkins injury, was I thought Sammy Watkins had an opportunity to yeah. go deep for one, and he did. You know, he beat the secondary, which I know he's capable of doing. And sure enough, he went out there with no Jenkins and he went right past everybody and caught a big touchdown. And that's all he needed because he was only 6K. So right off the bat, boom, there you go. There's your two times value in that cheap wide receiver. It allowed you to go up for the Zeeks and the other guys. And it was a tricky week, you know, because you had a lot of teams on by. You had the Pats on by, you had the Steelers, you know, you had a lot of teams that you're looking for those big offensive players. And when they're not around, you know, it's, you can see the difference in what the slate looks like. And it's getting some guys in matchup too, like AJ Green, who wasn't going to be owned, but still, you know, he comes out of that game because of the, the fight. So definitely a tricky well, how week. About Mike Evans too. I mean, we didn't even discuss uh, him. He no, we didn't discuss the other end. You're right. He, he should have been suspended or he should have been ejected from that game. Despite, you know, Jameis Winston poking, I think it was Marshawn Ladmore in the head. Like he's a four-year-old. That was that whole sequence of events was disgusting to me, given that, Every one of those people should be over 25 or 22 years old, and yet they're acting so much younger. But, yeah, that was another guy that's super disappointing too. Well, it didn't make any sense to me because he didn't get kicked out, but Jalen Ramsey did. Like, yeah. what did Ramsey do? Like, Ramsey gave him a little, you know, a love That's tap. a reputation thing. I think that there was I some tripping going on, and someone said to the referee, okay, here's what Ramsey's doing, or even before the game. Because that, that felt not premature, but certainly not warranted given what we saw A.J. Green do in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Evan Ingram also kind of saved his day late too. That was another guy too. He's shooting up the tight end board, uh, which is starting to look better and better. And, and if you go to a week two where Austin Safarian Jenkins probably should have had another touchdown. So he's already down a couple touchdowns. We start looking ahead to next week. Jenkins is a very nicely priced tight end, you know, I, that I think you can get behind at 6K because his stats actually should be a little bit better than they are right now. 
So that that's one of those guys that might just be flying under the radar just a tad right now that you should keep an eye on. If we want to talk about the lineup that won the Millionaire Maker this week, uh, $300,000 went to the M. Warden 20. Jared Goff at 28 points. Todd Gurley, 23. Alvin Kamara, 28. T.Y., 32. Ted Ginn, 13. But Doug Baldwin is the only guy here. I, this That's the only surprise for me because I thought with that matchup that that might be a tougher one. But clearly it doesn't matter because once we hit November, it's all Doug Baldwin. Uh, Ingram, Zerline, and the Rams defense uh, was enough to get it done. So that was a 189 score. And uh, just edged out, you know, five points, pretty decisive one. Uh, it's a big drop off there from 300K to 150. But I'm sure anybody who gets either is very, very happy. And that, that's a good weekend, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you can't, you can't complain about that. You can't complain about a nice little bit of cash coming your way. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, get to the Monday-Thursday slate and start talking about uh, some of those games here we've got coming up. We've got Seattle on Thursday at Arizona, and then you've got Detroit tonight against Green Bay. Now, putting lineups together, you know, I I think you're just smart to stay safe. And I want to start with the running backs. I know we usually start with the quarterbacks, but let's start with the running backs because the Seattle running back situation is a complete cluster. The Detroit running backs – Right. Well, you know, I'm trying to keep it PG. It's a family <laughs> show. The Detroit, uh, the Detroit running game is a complete disaster. Then you got Adrian Peterson coming off 37 carries, and then you've got your boys with Detroit uh, over on the Green Bay side. So I ask you, Joe, would you go to the well again for Adrian Peterson on the short week against the Seattle defense, or is this the kind of the odd week on a Monday, Thursday, where you would actually consider going Jones and Montgomery on the same team? Yeah, not not a chance I'm going the Peterson route. No way, Jose. Even if he didn't get 37 carries, I'm not I, – I know the Seahawks' defense is more vulnerable, vulnerable than they have been in the past, but given he's the highest-priced running back and there's a couple of high-priced quarterbacks and receivers that we could be utilizing instead, I'm not paying there. I, I'm okay using Jones. I'm not great about it. I think that for the Packers to win, and I'm you know at this point just hoping they're going to win – for the Packers to win, I think that Jones is going to have to be a big part of the equation. So I'm fine with that, but not so much so on the Montgomery side. I honestly wouldn't think, or I would be comfortable either using Theoretic or Andre Ellington more than Montgomery. Both those guys are $700, $800 respectively cheaper than Montgomery. And I think that they're going to be utilized quite a bit. Riddick especially, I would be stunned if he doesn't get four or five catches and 50 receiving yards. That defense is not going to know what to do with a scat back that can move around like that. They, they, they've struggled all season. I feel pretty good about Riddick being able to return two times the value. And I think Ellington, too, so I'm assuming the Cardinals are going to be down. They're going to be using him much more so than Peterson, and I think that'll be both Both of them can get around 10 to 12 points. That's sneaky. You know, I think the Ellington is the GPP play because I think that's the sneaky one where people will see Peterson and see what he did last week, or should I say a couple days ago, by the time you get to the Thursday game, and and think, you know, well, not so much. You know, let's 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 stick with Peterson. He's the guy, but – I agree with you. I think that's a really smart play in GPPs. In tournaments, that's where you go. In the cash game, I think I'm sticking with both Green Bay guys and, and see how that goes. Uh, and if you, if you do that, it's pretty easy to go up to the top of the board and get Wilson. You, know, you could still get Baldwin, Tate, you know, any kind of Arizona receiver you want. You could throw a dart on anyone named Brown. <laughs> you know, Jerron Brown, John Brown, someone right. named Brown. I don't know. Leroy Brown. And, and just and any of those guys will do. Um, Outside of Wilson, though, if you had to go down to one of the other quarterbacks, would you go to Stafford because it's such a pass-heavy attack? Or are you saying to yourself, you know what, just give me Wilson and I'm, I'm leaving the other guys alone? 
Yeah, I, I, Wilson's price is so darn high that I'm, I'm a little concerned about that, despite the fact that we know what he can do. But at 8,900, I feel like Stafford's not a bad option at all. I think I really do think Abdullah is going to score, but I don't know how much yards he's going to get. I really think it's going to be a theoretic kind of game, and I think Stafford's going to be passing. You know, $700 less for a guy I think will be equal caliber or close to that. I don't mind Stafford's price at all. And, you know, if you want to go back to the well I've talked about a couple times, Brett Hundley, if, if he can't do well now, <laughs> when is he going to do well? After like a week and a half of practice preparation, Mike McCarthy figuring out, oh, hey, I have a quarterback. I hope that he knows how to throw the football. Let's see. I can see him practice. I got enough time. If he's not going to do well now, I don't know when he is. So at 6,600, if you wanted to pay up everywhere else, this would be I, – I feel okay about Brett Hundley. I really do. See, I don't even, even – I don't even think it's necessary because there's no running back to pay up for. Right. You that, know? that would be the one thing. But if you felt like you really wanted to do all the receivers, all the running backs, even the tight end, and get Hundley in there, yeah. But you're talking about playing it safe, and that's how we kind of open this. I agree. Hundley's not that option, and you can do with that with Stafford at 8,200. I really think that that's, that's a quite fine play. All right. We got Doug Baldwin top of the board, 82, which I think is very worth it. Uh, I don't care. Arizona, I know they have some talent in the secondary. We all know that, but I, I don't care. Doug Baldwin can do it against Josh Norman. He could do it against anybody. Uh, Golden Tate, 7,600. Larry Fitzgerald, 74. I'm going to fade Fitz. I know, you know, him and Stetton have some options there, but it, it's with it's you Seattle. You fading Fitz? Really? This surprises me. Yeah. You like him. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Sarcastic. <laughs> uh, well, I, I do like him, and I liked him this week. I was actually positive, you know, and he did have five catches for 70, but with Seattle, I can't go there, you know? Fitz is no, one of these I'm guys not, that – I'm not it, either. When Carson Palmer's around, I'm, I'm, I'm good with him, with Crabtree. I actually like those kind of receivers in the FanDuel scoring because they do get such a high volume that – you know, sometimes those good things happen and they have that touchdown upside. Uh, then you've got this whole group of where if I'm buying into the running backs in Green Bay, Joe, I'm not buying into the wide receivers. That means Nelson. That means Adams. That means Cobb. None of them for me this week are in play. Yeah, I'm not going the Nelson route. I really don't think that he's going to have that chemistry with Hundley yet. A lot of his value at this point in his career is that back shoulder throw. And Rodgers, we know, is the best at that or one of the best, if not. Um, at making that play. And I think that Hundley will be able to replicate that somewhat, but not yet. I'm not, I'm not confident on that. I feel Adams is okay at 6,800. I, I feel like he's okay. I would much rather go the other route and Marvin Jones, the opposite of Golden Tate. Uh, I think Marvin Jones is going to have a pretty good game. I think truthfully Golden Tate probably will too, but I would go Marvin Jones over Tate if I had to pay. And I would also do Jones over Devontae Adams of the two secondary receivers in that Monday night game. I'm telling you right now, it wouldn't shock me if Randall Cobb had himself a good game either. Because that, that, that just reeks to me of like one of those things where he just like dumps it off to Cobb in one of these spots here or running across the middle and then he just breaks one. But it's, that's a tournament kind of situation. I'll, I'll actually pay up for Golden Tate over Jones, but I definitely get what you're saying. And this is another spot where if you wanted to go heavy on the, on the Detroit passing game because there's nothing else there in the run game, that's fine too. I don't have a problem with that. Galladay is not a factor for me at all. Uh, tight end, it's Jimmy Graham, and uh, I, that's um, – yeah – it's Jimmy Graham. I mean, let's be frank. It's Jimmy Graham. Yeah. I know he's. I mean, can he's he be hundred percent owned, Joe? Can, it, can that be well, possible? So I, I agree with you, and I, I think again, if we're talking safe, that's the right way to go. But what about Darren Fells? I mean, he's a guy that Stafford looks to quite a bit in the red zone, and if you think that we're going to move the ball as much as I think the Lions are going to move the ball, maybe he's a guy that catches a touchdown and then boom. At $4,800, you basically have his value already set there. I don't know. I, I if don't there were any 9K players worth paying up for, like if this was yeah. an Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell kind of thing going on, then then all right, I'll take my chance with Fells because I think he has some upside. 
but there's nobody worth paying up for really. That's, that's going to break your bank. I mean, Baldwin's at 82 Wilson's at 89. Everybody else is in that seven K range for the most part that you want or under. So I'm going to take Jimmy Graham. I'm just going to, I'm not going to get fancy. Uh, if you want to do the tournament, if you don't want to do the Ellington with the running backs though, Joe, there's your other savings. If you want to go up for running backs or pay up for Wilson in a tournament, Fells is your other savings. I will agree with that on the defensive side. Where do you go here today? You know, because I imagine the Cardinals, you know, although they're a pretty decent defense, I'm concerned (laughs) that the offense is going to keep them on the field too much. And I also, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Do you want to target against the Seattle awful offensive line? Or do you want to go for the Packers and just hope for the best? Because I don't know about, you don't think you can pay up a defense unless you're paying in a tournament for it. Oh, see, I I don't know if that's the bad route at all, really. I know it's six thousand, which is twelve hundred dollars more than the Lions. That's the next best one. So it's it's an exorbitant price. I really understand that, but I'm kind of looking at it as what you're saying. Okay, well, who are you really paying up for? Why not put that Seahawks defense against a team that we thought is just Adrian Peterson at this point, uh, at least based on the Niners game? I think that it's like, okay, which defense is going to be the best? It has to be the Seahawks, and I don't mind paying up 6000 I think that's pretty easy for me to assume they're going to get an interception or you know a fumble recovery, a couple sacks, and they'll be able to get 12 points easy, in my opinion. If I had to choose a second defense, though, I might actually lean more towards the Packers. I think that the Cardinals are going to get ran over by that, that Seahawks offense, and maybe I'm wrong because Thursday night games are always fluky, but I'd rather go with the Packers and assume that maybe by some chance they can stop both the run and the pass and maybe get a turnover or two, and boom, you're fine at 4,400. That would be my route. So I'd go Seahawks and Packers, and I, I'm staying away from the Cardinals right now. I'm going to take the Cardinals because it's always tough to travel, number one. And number two, I think that offensive line is bad enough that you can get some pressure there on Wilson, maybe get a sack or two, maybe you get him to turn the ball over. He turned the ball over yesterday as well. And that short week on the travel is always tough. So uh, I'm going to go cheap out on defense this week and see what happens. All right, let's look at the rest of Week 10 real fast. you got Jets, Bucks, Bills, Saints, Bengals, Titans, Browns, Lions, Packers, Bears, Chargers, Jaguars. I mean, these 1 o'clock games, I mean, <laughs> really. They're going to be really good entertainment. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> tricky. Well, look, you get to the Steelers-Colts. There's one that has fantasy appeal, I think, right off the bat. I'm going to see a lot of Le'Veon Bell in this game. I won't go Roethlisberger, but I'll still go Antonio Brown. Uh, I just think Roethlisberger on the road is still a hot mess. And then you got the Vikings Redskins where I'm going to – I like the Vikings in this one. I like I like Thielen. I'm going to like McKinnon uh, against the Redskins. I, I think McKinnon is one of these guys, and you look at the pricing next week, and he's only 6,600. To me, he's the, he's the apparent fade if you don't want to – have Kamara in your lineup, same style player. He's putting up similar kind of stat lines on a weekly basis, and I think you can get away with him and and kind of fading away. What do you think about uh, Jarek McKinnon next week? Well, I, I like that quite a bit at 6,600. I think that's pretty good value. I mean, really, we, we've talked about before that he's a great fantasy guy. I'm not sure I like him in season long because I don't know how long he can hang hang up there. You know, And we've saw that with Latavius Murray kind of being spelled in and doing well occasionally, but I think I feel really good about that. I'm looking at some other matchups, though, and I think a guy even like Josh McCown – Going into that Buccaneers defense, which I've been on, you know, targeting all season, and it's worked for the most part, is not a bad person you want to pay down at the quarterback spot or even his receiver like Robbie Anderson. I like that too. That's I'm glad you said Anderson. That's where I was going next because I I was going to highlight him. I like that quite a bit. You know, he's kind of a boomer bust player, so to speak, but he's been much more boom than bust as of this season. So give me Robbie Anderson, especially in a game that really actually means quite a bit to the Jets this season. It does. And oh, Joe, it's the Ryan Fitzpatrick narrative game. Oh, good. I can't wait to hear about that. Oh. Hey, you know that he went to Harvard? 
No, no not right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a really smart quarterback. You know, I've never heard that ever on a broadcast. I've never <laughs> heard that. Uh, Giants 49ers, somebody's got to win that game, <laughs> I guess. Oh, boy. I guess it could be a tie. You know, the Patriots usually struggle uh, in Denver, but I don't think they're going to struggle this week. This is a great opportunity for them to go uh, into Denver, coming off the bye fresh, and uh, go in there and pound Brock Osweiler. Uh, Cowboys, Falcons, that's one where I think there's going to be a lot of offense because there's not a lot of defense. The Rams, you know, I did this the other day, Joe, just yesterday on Fantasy Network on my show. You go through that schedule, and I think that there's 10 wins in there for this Rams team. Oh, easily. And, easily. And, all, and I think this is another one where the Texans on the road, I like this Rams team to keep rolling. Absolutely. No, and I think even offensively, too. I, I feel pretty good using Todd Gurley. Um, I, I do feel good about Hopkins. I was a little worried about him, especially after that injury. Um, what that offense would look like, but I feel confident enough using him. Maybe not against the Rams, but you know, most weeks I feel good. But yeah, that's the, I would. I'll say this. I'll go on record now. I, it would be stunning if the Rams didn't make the playoffs at this point. You look at that schedule, and there's definitely matchups where they they should and could win. It's weird to be in a season where the Rams are one of the favorites to come out of the NFC. That that just it feels like we're back in the 2001 era with Kurt Warner and everything else. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's been a it's been a wacky 2017, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash rotowire and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash rotowire, void where prohibited. You can follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. You follow me at Joe Pizza PS17. For everybody here at RotoWire, have a great week of Daily Fantasy.